You're listening to the E-Commerce Excellence Podcast with Joris Brion. Hey, this is Joris of the E-Commerce Excellence Podcast. And today I'll be talking to Will Evans. Will is the founder of an agency called Seller Flows. And uh, Will has helped tons of e-commerce sites to increase their revenue, mainly by focusing on email marketing and customer journeys. And I'm sure this is going to be a very interesting episode because it's a topic that uh, I'm very passionate about myself. And uh, I'm sure we'll learn a thing or two about um, stuff like email flows, increasing average order value, increasing customer lifetime value. Hey, well, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, super glad to have you here. Hey, awesome. Thanks for having me. Cool. Um, yeah, just... To start off, um, can you tell us a bit more about you, about your background? Where did you come from in your career? How did you get started with e-commerce and with seller flows? Right. Yeah. So I've been pretty much in e-commerce since about college. Uh, I guess I, I didn't know it at the time, but I was sort of like building WordPress sites in college and, and sort of getting paid for that. And that was like sort of my first... I guess, foray into like entrepreneurship and digital marketing and all that stuff. And about that time, I guess I graduated 2009 and I guess 2012-ish, somewhere around there, Shopify launched. Mm -hmm. And so I started my first store then. It was a men's grooming store. Um, And so I sort of like cut my teeth uh, learning about business and e-commerce and Shopify and, and sort of started there. And then eventually... Uh, transitioned into running my own agency, uh, specifically helping some of these bigger stores that are now like what I would call like Shopify Plus stores, uh, mainly with Klaviyo, email marketing, uh, customer journey. Uh, a lot of them are, a lot of our clients now use a tool called Carthook, so we help them with that. Uh, just really anything that's that's optimizing their lifetime value and their average order value. Okay, cool. So, uh, what what happened to the men's grooming store? Oh, uh, a friend of mine runs it now. So I, I, oh, okay. I, I sold it to him uh, maybe like three years ago. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's been a while. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was like back then it was like, it's, it's crazy how, uh, you know, back then it was like, oh, if you're doing like 50K a month, that's like a big Shopify store, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, now you'll see people doing like 50K a day. Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy how far <laughs> Shopify has come. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you guys work exclusively, exclusively with uh, Klaviyo as an email platform, right? Um, uh, why Klaviyo? I mean, we use it ourselves as well, and we absolutely love it, but I'm, I'm curious to hear why you're so fond of it. Right. So I think it has the best integration with, uh, with Shopify. It also mm-hmm. integrates with WooCommerce and Magento and BigCommerce, some of these other CRMs. Uh, but um, it really integrates well with, with Shopify, specifically with these what they would call like metrics in Klaviyo. Um, mm-hmm. like, a, like a metric would be, oh, someone who started checkout or someone who placed order or someone who ordered this product. And so it's really, really easy to set up automations around that. While with other CRMs, you might have to create a tag or some sort of property for when that event happens. And it's just it just makes things a little bit more complex for mm-hmm. a lot of store owners who really aren't email marketers. You know, they're, they're mostly just focused on you know, uh, driving traffic or, you know, managing their team or, you know, just running a general online store in general. So they don't necessarily have the time to sort of build out this more advanced logic that might be needed on, on a, on another email CRM. Yeah. It, it, it comes pretty much uh, out of the box in, in Clavio so that, that you're, uh, you can hit the, the ground running. Um, 
And then, or typically, are your clients already on Clearview when they come to you, or do you have to convince them to switch platforms? Um, when I first started, we were doing a lot of migrations, typically mm-hmm. from Mailchimp to to Clavio. Um, right. But now, um, pretty much all of them are either on Clavio and they need it to be optimized, or they just signed up for it and they need someone who kind of knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then occasionally, now that I don't know if you followed the news in the past couple months, like Mailchimp and Shopify had sort of like a disagreement and they yeah. no longer support the app. And it, or I guess the MailChimp store, the MailChimp app is no longer in the Shopify store. So mm-hmm. now a lot of MailChimp customers have been coming over to Clavio. We've been doing some migrations, but but most of the time they already have it set up and, and we come in and sort of optimize. Yeah. Is it a big deal to, um, to do a migration? Because I can imagine um, some people who don't really know a lot about email marketing uh, might be a bit reluctant to switch to Clavio uh, because they think it's a hassle. Yeah, it is. It is a little bit of a. I, I've got like sort of a SOP or checklist now on how to mm-hmm. do it correctly. But there's a lot of little things that go into the migrations. It's not so simply as just like, all right, we're going to move your, you know, your abandoned checkout over to Clavio now. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's all these little there's you know certain like tracking code. There's also like all these little sort of uh, inputs that you have on your store, you know, like for example, a lot of stores will have like a subscribe box in their footer or they'll Mm. have like certain pop-ups. So you need to sort of like go through the whole store, sort of audit how like every single entry point, uh, for email that someone would come in, like a prospect would come in and sort of make sure that that checks the box and that Mm. everything gets reported over to Clavio. Yeah. Right. Um, so you, you set up Clavio uh, integrated with Shopify. What kind of flows or automations, as other platforms may call it, but in Clavio, it's always about flows. What do you rec- recommend setting up? Right. So, you know, there's, I would say, like, we mostly start with, like, three or four. Like, mm-hmm. I know that, that every, every store, no matter what industry you're in, what niche, what your average order value, it doesn't even matter. Every store needs to have an advantage checkout flow. Um, if you have a really good one, sometimes it can have a, a 15, I've even seen a 20% conversion rate there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. every store needs to have that. Um, then there needs, there also needs to be a good pre-purchase flow. Some people call that like a welcome flow or an indoctrination flow, I've heard it called. But basically a flow where people get onboarded into some sort of email automation, whether it's via a pop-up or some sort of form on, your, on one of your pages on your site. And it's mm-hmm. it's again it's a pre-purchase flow, so it's only going to it's only for people who have never bought from you before. Um, so mm-hmm. typically that that'll have a high placed order rate as well. Um, and then you know two other flows that we like to to think about early on is a post-purchase flow. So that that's a flow for people that that just bought something from you, and you sort of you know you frame the expectations of what of what the relationship is going to be moving forward. And then you might make them an offer later in the flow. And the whole goal of that flow, again, is to sort of like indoctrinate them, make them become like, uh, you know, ambassadors for your brand and also make them an offer that's going to increase your lifetime value. Uh, So that works really well, too. Uh, And then the last flow that that we're kind of looking at is the is the browse abandonment flow. We've, Mm -hmm. We've been getting a lot of traction on that. And it's very similar to the abandoned cart or an abandoned checkout flow. Basically, it's, it's, it's if anybody browses a product page uh, and they don't go into the checkout and they don't order, 
then they line up for an automation that sends them some emails, um, just checking in to see if they want to order the product and maybe giving them an offer later down the line. Yeah. How, how do you go about the creep factor with browser abandonment? Because, um, I mean, if, if, if uh, people ab abandon looking at a, at a product a couple of times, you send them, uh, you send them an email and say, hey, uh, don't, don't forget to buy this product. There's a creep factor to it, right? It, 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 not everyone feels comfortable uh, with it. Do you have like, any tips or tricks? Right, yeah. So we typically delay it, but, but it's something you need to test because we've tested it. You know, sometimes it works better with a four-hour delay, and then sometimes mm -hmm. I've, I've seen it work really good with just 30 minutes later. What you don't want to do is send it immediately. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> some people will do that on the abandoned checkout flow and it, it tends to work. But the browse abandonment, yeah, we, we always like delay it a little bit. Another thing we, we do is we add value in the mm -hmm. email, in the browse abandonment. So some of our more advanced engagements, we're sort of splitting the browse abandonment flow based on the product they might have abandoned. Typically what's going on there is, is it's like a dynamic block that's sort of retargeting the product that they looked at. We might, like I said, split the path based on, on which product they abandoned and sort of talk about the products and features and maybe show some social proof and stuff like that about that product that maybe they missed on the product page. So yeah. that's one way we're, we're sort of fighting like unsubscribes and stuff like that where people might get creeped out. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, you're in the US, I'm, I'm in Europe. Uh, GDPR is a thing here in Europe, uh, in, in, in the US, not so much unless you sell to the EU as well. How do you go about that? Because like the whole browser abandonment flow, it, it's it might be in a, in a in, in in between zone, legally speaking. Um, so I we 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 talk about that sometimes to clients as well, and um, I don't think there's a, a big problem. But I'm I'm not a I'm not a lawyer, of course. So do you have yeah. any opinion on that? Yeah. So some of the some of the uh, brands we work with, they they have legal teams. So mm -hmm. you know we will not only just stuff like that, like GDPR, but also compliance around copy, uh, especially if they're in like, like health niches and stuff like that, where right. you just sort of got to dot your I's, cross your T's there. So some brands, we, we sort of like have an open line of communication with the legal team. Most of the stuff we're doing with GDPR is, is more centered around like list cleaning. So just sort mm -hmm. of like making sure, you know, people that are outside of, I guess who are not in compliance, we just remove them from the list. Yeah, that, that makes sense, of course. Are there any, apart from those four uh, flows that you mentioned, are there any like more advanced flows that you sometimes set up? Yeah, typically the more advanced stuff that we're looking to do is on the back end in what I would call post-purchase or, or loyalty marketing. Mm -hmm. um, and really where it gets more advanced is with our clients that are selling consumables whether that's like a cosmetic or a supplement and they have like different offers around like a certain product. So let's mm -hmm. say I'm selling like, you know, my, the first, the first company I started my grooming line, we sold face wash. Okay. So say I'm, I'm selling a men's face wash. I order the product. Okay. And then 30 days later, there's, there's a variety of options I have that we can use as marketers at our disposal to, I guess, try to increase the lifetime value there. And this, this is sort of mm -hmm. getting back to customer journey. So it's like you could, you know, you could get on a subscription. Uh, for example, if they just bought a one-off order, you could you could put you could make them an offer to get on a subscription. You could also make them an offer to sort of bundle, like, hey, like you don't want to get on a subscription? How about you buy a three-pack and then you're good for the next, you know, six months or something? 
And then you can just give them an offer to sort of, you know, just buy a one-off order. Okay. So that, that works really well. That's, that's sort of like a, that works well in like a post-purchase flow or an upsell flow. Now let's say if they, they bought the face wash and on a subscription. Okay. So Mm -hmm. there could be some nurturing involved there. So we might, it might not be like offer emails. It might be like sort of an email flow that's just telling them how to use it or giving them tips because what probably the biggest problem for all subscription brands, I would say is consumption. They're, mm-hmm. they're not, their customers are not consuming the product enough. So we kind of help, we kind of like fight consumption there in, in flows like that. Yeah. I mean, like I could go like a lot deeper there uh, if you want to talk about more flows, but I mean, typically I would say where it gets more advances in the post-purchase. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Whenever you take over a client's uh, Clavio account and, and see how they set it up uh, and, and look at the flows, for instance, what are like the typical mistakes you see um, in those accounts? Uh, one big problem we, we see a lot is, is not so much on the automations, but it's on the campaigns, like the broadcast, the broadcast newsletters. Mm-hmm. Um, is they're not they're not really sending to an engaged what we would call an engaged list. They're just sending to everybody in their account, yeah. and, and you could do that, you know, when you first get started. But what I've found, unless you have like a really good brand who's like who is like with subscribers who are super loyal to you, like once you start getting over like 30, 40, 50,000 email subscribers in your database, you need to really start segmenting your your weekly newsletter to what we would call like an engaged list or mm-hmm. an engage an engaged segment, which would typically be people who who maybe opened an email within the past 30 to 90 days. And you're you're kind of playing around with that segment, but it but it needs to be warm if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Okay. So um when a flow is set up, is your work done? Uh, I mean, I know there are a lot of people who think about marketing automation and, and email flows as a set and forget kind of thing, but do you keep working on it? Do you keep tweaking it, optimizing, testing? Right. Yeah. So I think there is there is some like optimization involved. You know, um, we have like certain benchmarks we're looking to hit. So it's like, all right, we're looking for really we're looking at that place order rate. Um, we're also looking at open rate and click through rate. And you know, if it's if it's down, then yeah, like we're we're trying to split test there and figure out ways to increase those KPIs. Uh, another thing too is like you know companies that are really growing that have they're launching new products and and sort of launching new maybe even new marketing channels and stuff like that they they need like more automation around that and and support around that and sort of like um, working out ways to you know I guess support those those new products and marketing initiatives whether it's pre purchase or post purchase. There's also with Clavio a lot of work around segmentation building out sort of segments that, that, cause you know, one thing a lot of, a lot of brands are using now is this sort of dynamic segments Clavio can create where let's say I just want to create a segment for people that placed an order in the past 90 days. So I can create that segment and then I can sync it to Facebook. And so mm-hmm. the, these companies that are, and, and that'll create an audience in Facebook and these companies that are, you know, have like big media buying teams, you know, they need that sort of support as well. Yeah, of course. So you already mentioned one thing that you could test, um, for instance, splitting up a, a browse amendment uh, flow uh, based on uh, on the value of mm-hmm. the products they've been looking at. Any other things you can test in a flow? 
Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, where it gets more advanced is definitely splitting splitting paths based on products that that they ordered. Um, mm-hmm. Another another thing we do too is we we split the path based off if they're a customer or a non-customer. Mm-hmm. So obviously, so what we would call that like a prospect versus a customer. So anyone who is truly a prospect and has never ordered, we might give them even like a sweeter deal. Like let's say it's like a browse abandonment flow just to stay on that same subject. You mm-hmm. know, to, what we'll do sometimes with the brands is we might send a browse abandonment. We might send one email to somebody who is, who is a customer, all right? And mm-hmm. that's it. Because we don't want to like creep them out. We don't want to you know, just over send them emails. But if they're a prospect, like they've never shopped with us before, we might split the path there and have them go down another, another path. And then we're giving them like more, more discount codes or, or whatever the offer is. Maybe it's like, you know, some brands will do like BOGO offers and stuff like that, just to sort of like push them over the edge to get them to become a customer. Mm -hmm. Um, So that can get really advanced there. Another thing we do too, is we do for some of our clients that are in fashion, we've been having some success with what I would call like collection based automations okay. where it's like, say I, you know, I buy like a, a shirt, you know, from like a store or something, or maybe it's like a skirt. So we can, you know, they'll have these like typically the fashion brands will have a, a bunch of collections. So we sort of think about the customer journey like that. It's like, all right, well, if I, if I shopped with this collection, what might, what like will I need later on to support the product that I bought in that from that collection? Um, so that can get really advanced quick based on on what what they bought and what they didn't bought. There's a lot of innovation right now around average order value and customer lifetime value. So Enclavio mm-hmm. is really at the cutting edge of this, especially when it comes to lifetime value. Sort of putting people down certain paths or putting people in certain segments based on what their lifetime value or what their average order value is. Cause obviously let's say it's something, let's say their, their lifetime value is really high, you know, like you might not need to make them uh, like a very big offer right. because they're going to come back anyway. Same thing with average order value. It's like, well, if the average order value is really small, you know, we probably don't want to give away a big offer because the, the order value is small, but if it's lower, you know, maybe we want to, we want to, I mean, excuse me, if it's higher, maybe we want to give like a bigger offer. Yeah. So it's, it's, you can get really advanced. really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, people who thought like, oh, I'm going to set up uh, a few uh, flows uh, real quick and, and, and we're done. Uh, that's not really the case. Uh, I can imagine you don't work with clients for just a few months, but more on an ongoing basis. Yeah, because like, like kind of it gets into that stuff, you know, you sort of attack certain areas and, mm. you know, um, and now that Clavio has come out, kind of touching back on this, they call it like predictive analytics. Yeah. They're now coming out with this, this uh, not only where you can sort of segment people based on what their historical lifetime value is, but now they have this like expected lifetime value, mm. which is based on all these sort of, you know, AI and stuff that's coming out now and digital marketing. So it's really interesting to see, you know, what, what's going on, that tool. And they're actually having a conference 
Tuesday, so I'm flying to Boston. So Boston, I'm sure they'll, yeah. have, they'll have an, an they'll probably announce some product feature. Then you know who knows what's going to be what I'm going to be talking about next week. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. interview you again next week. No, that's yeah. the thing. They're they're always innovating and they always come up with uh, with cool, useful stuff, and that's really customer focused. So that's uh, yeah, that's also one of the reasons uh, we really love uh, working with Clavio. We've been talking about flows, but uh, there's there's more to email marketing than just flows, of course. Uh, there's also the traditional newsletter or, or the campaigns, whatever you want to call it. Do you have like some general recommendations about do's and don'ts, uh, what works and what doesn't work? Right, yeah. Newsletters? Yeah, so I mean, newsletters can really, you know, the flows, yeah, it just sort of you can set it up and sort of brings revenue in every day, especially if you're big. But you know, if you really want to get to what I would say, like some of these brands are doing like 30 or even 40% of their revenue coming from email marketing, you really also need to have a strong newsletter. And typically that involves, you know, having a calendar set up um, and you're planning certain, certain sins well in advance. Um, and you also have a variety of sins that you're sending. So most, most people will send, you know, like promotional emails, like, Hey, like 20% off sale or BOGO sale or stuff like that. Or they might do like a, um, like a product launch email if they're launching a new product. But there's also some other emails you can send. You know, um, we send, you know, we manage stuff like, like certain like content emails. Maybe it's just like sharing a blog post. That, that again, is not going to drive a lot of sales, but it's going to keep people engaged. We also do like product-focused emails Mm-hmm. where it's like uh, focusing on like a certain product um, in, in that segment. you might not send that to a newsletter to the whole list. You might send that to people who abandoned browse, abandoned that product and didn't order or something like that. So it's like a product okay. focused email. And then it can be like, you can even do like a social proof focused email around that product. We do the same thing with collections. So it could be like, all right, this is like a collection focused email newsletter with a, uh, and then like social proof around that collection. So there's a lot, there's a lot of different stuff. And when you start like breaking it down into all the sort of types of campaigns you can send and then like the holidays that are coming up and obviously like black Friday and all this stuff, you you can build out a calendar, you know, uh, an annual annual newsletter calendar in like, you know, just a few days. It doesn't take that long. No, that's true. I mean, there's a, there's the, the, the classic events, of course. Uh, so that, that's already, uh, uh, that gives you some guidance, uh, and then you can quickly come up with a with a bunch of other ideas. Um, you just mentioned Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I believe this uh, interview is going to be published. Um, probably it's going to be live. Uh, I think one or two weeks before. So by the time people will be listening to this, uh, they may be too late to implement it. But do you have any ideas, any any su- suggestions, tips, tricks for a uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday? Yeah. Um... I, you know, I, I would say like the number one tip I would have is, is don't feel like so pressured to just, you know, what I would call like give away the farm. <laughs> you okay. know? Yeah. Because like I've noticed like a few, a few of my clients have said like, well, I, you know, we killed it on Black Friday. We made like, you know, I've seen some campaigns do just like $60,000 before. Hmm. But when we like worked back the numbers and we looked like months later and we looked at the cost of goods sold and the average order values and the lifetime values of those customers, like we might have actually lost money. Just keep that in mind. Like don't be afraid to, you know, don't necessarily think that you have to totally like kill it that day. 
Um, yeah. But you do need to give like a really good offer. I think you should like your best sales offer should be around that day, like Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And then another thing, I it, you know, I think a lot of the big stores know this, but if, if you're if you're not and you're sort of wondering what your strategy is, we kind of say Black Friday is is really like a month or a month long. You know, mm-hmm. you really have like there's sort of like a pre up to Black Friday. You might even give like sort of like an early access to people before like Thanksgiving. So there's that those first few days where you can sort of get sales. Then you obviously have Black Friday and Cyber Monday, which really needs to be your best sale. But then you have all these other sort of days. Like there's like, uh, you know, it's called like Cyber uh, Green Monday is one. I think it's like eBay's day. And then you can do a lot of marketing, um, like shipping marketing, like all the way up to Christmas, like, Hey, like, you know, we're giving discounted shipping or discounted two day shipping and stuff like that. And then, you know, after Christmas, there's a big push all the way up Mm -hmm. to the new year. So, um, so that, so when we think about black Friday, cyber Monday, we really think of it as like this month long initiative, your, your fourth quarter initiative where there's a variety of promotional emails going out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's actually uh, really smart and, and, and good advice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe just let's go back to the flows. I had one more question. Um, mm-hmm. When would you advise to start doing this? I mean, how big should a store be before you start setting up flows? It's never too early, but mm-hmm. I would say like, if you're doing, you know, over a thousand dollars a day in sales, like I think that's when you really want to start thinking about it. You should definitely get the basics up. And even Shopify, even if you don't have Clavio, like Shopify has an abandoned card email. Mm-hmm. I think it's just one email that's sort of like, and then, you know, like it's just default turned on. So, you know, they have these like basic automations and there's even some like less uh, advanced tools in the Shopify app store that are free that can do some of the basic stuff for mm-hmm. you. But I think like, you know, if, if you're not doing any sales yet, or you're just getting a few sales a day, then I wouldn't prioritize email marketing so much. I would prioritize yeah. media buying or traffic generator, or whatever you're doing to bring traffic in. And then once you get to a certain level, you can start thinking about optimizing some of this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, once you start getting over a thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollars a day, certainly like you're really going to see an ROI on it. Yeah. Okay, cool. What are good ways to capture email addresses? I mean, you see a lot of, uh, like in the footer of a site, sign up for a newsletter. Obviously, that's that's not working uh, really well. I see a lot of pop-ups with all kinds of messages, uh, oftentimes a, a discount. Um, yeah. Sometimes um, sometimes a, a discount pops up like the second I land on a site and I don't even know what they're selling yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see a lot of mistakes mistakes happening there. Are there any like good ways to capture email addresses or any cool or clever lead magnets that you came across? Yeah, right. So the real the real hot trend right now is like the the spin to win stuff. But in and like you will get a lot of email addresses. You will get mm-hmm. a higher conversion rate of email addresses there than just doing like your traditional pop-up. However, yeah. they're not always the most engaged. They're not always like when you actually look at the the value per recipient, it tends to be lower. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I always tell people like, you know, more emails doesn't always mean better. So, you know, and like I said, you can do these spin to win stuff, but again, you, and you will get more emails, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get more revenue. And I would say in terms of offers, you know, I still see like just basic pop-ups or slide outs or embed forms and stuff like that. 
still is like, you know, the number one way to capture most email addresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the offers that work the best are the ones that put people in the frame to make a purchase. So mm-hmm. that's why discount codes work really well or like special offers when you order work really well. Mm-hmm. And, and like sort of more like internet marketing based offers, like, you know, download my free report or my ebook don't always work so well for e-commerce okay. brands. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're also uh, a card hook specialist and, and maybe for people who don't know card hook yet, can you explain me what it is and, and, and what it does? Yeah. So Cardhook is kind of like click funnels for Shopify stores. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I tell people. They, they instantly get it then. So it's yeah. like, it's the ability to make, make, um, you know, post purchase offers once mm-hmm. someone checks out. So it's like funnels basically. Um, so, you know, traditionally what will happen if you shop on an e-commerce store is you'll go, you know, you'll go to a product page, you'll add the cart, you'll go to the cart, you'll go into the checkout you'll place your order and then you'll go to a thank you page. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, thank you page will tell you, you know, this is your order number and stuff like that. With Cardhook, what it does is in between the checkout and the thank you page, you can put in a funnel with various offers. So you can put upsells and downsells and stuff like that. And the reason you want to do that is because it has a dramatic effect on your average order value. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're big, e-commerce store, you know, that's, that's one of your top KPIs, average order value and lifetime value. And especially if you buy a lot of media, like you do a lot of paid traffic, you know, like having a high average order value is key for you, for you to be able to break even on, mm-hmm. on your, on your traffic on day one. So that's why a lot of these stores are using tools like Cardhook. So, um, if, are there any shops in particular you would recommend Cardhook for? Right. Yeah. So, um, Cardhook, you know, is really trying to swim what I would say like upstream mm-hmm. and they really want to work with, um, you know, sort of the brands I want to work with, like consumable brands who actually have a brand and are trying to sort of, you know, solve customer problems and think about their customer journey. They're not so much looking to work with like the drop shippers of the world and stuff like right. that. If you are a drop shipper or you're doing sort of like more direct response marketing, there's better tools out there, I would say, than Cardhook. I mean, Cardhook's really trying to work with like, you know, uh, like the Dr. Axis of the world. That's a, that's a good, because most people know that brand and it's like, yeah. you know, they sell, they, they solve a lot of pain points, they add a lot of value and they also have, they have good products and they're also selling like consumables. Okay. Um, how many upsells and downsells would you recommend setting up with Cardhook? Because of course you, you can't go on forever. You have to stop at some point. Uh, right. what, what, what's the sweet spot? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think you have you have you you have the ability to do three upsells and three downsells. Mm-hmm. So really, you have the ability to make six offers. Uh, but I would say the only time you'd want to do that is on a paid traffic funnel or like a cold traffic funnel, as some brands mm-hmm. will call it. Because at that point, you know this is this is cold traffic. Um, you're having to pay a lot for that for that traffic, and you really want to maximize the value of the order there. Right. So that's yeah. really that's really the only time I, I see a lot of the brands be more aggressive there. Um, typically, what you'll see done is on just sort of like your what I would call like organic traffic or like your your like store traffic. Let's say like you know someone lands on your homepage um, and then they you know whether they land from search or social media or something like that or email. A lot of those brands will still be using Cardhook as well 
and they might make one offer with one downsell, or they mm. might make you know two offers uh, or three offers. Uh, it's something you should test. But I would right. say, like, if you're a brand, like, you don't want to go overboard with offers uh, unless unless it's you know you're really you're doing cold traffic. Yeah, because it's a fine line between trying to get a higher average order value and pissing your customer off, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So apart from using Cardhook, are there any other great ways to increase uh, average order value? Yeah, totally. I mean, there's, I would say like, you know, you need to test it because sometimes you can, so Cardhook is like a, is like a post-purchase average order value initiative, mm -hmm. like a post-purchase op optimization, but you could get the same result pre-purchase, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I think a lot of that happens on your product page, you know, having like a, a good product page that's sort of giving people different options. It, you know, I'll stick in like the consumable space. Like, you know, you can, you can upsell right there on the product page. Um, so I would start there, you know, sometimes you can get like a, like a, you know, depending on your average order value, like, you know, or, or excuse me, your price points, you can get like a 10 or $20 bump on your average order value. Yeah. Um, just right there. Some other offers that work well, I mean, obviously like related items still work very well. Related are related items on a product page, related items in the cart um, mm -hmm. work really well. Cart bumps, we call them, those work pretty well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like a special offer in the cart that might pop up. Another thing that we've tested that works pretty well too, that not, not, not all brands use, but it's like a, uh, I forget the name of this app. But it's uh, it's an app in the Shopify store that works with your like hello bar. If you know that little bar, yeah. that notification bar, mm -hmm. and it tells you how how the dollar amount you're away in cart cart value to getting free shipping. So okay. let's say yeah, you're like yeah. six dollars away. Like people will just add to the cart to get the free shipping. That that's like kind of a cheap little way to, to increase AOV too. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, <laughs> lots of uh, good actionable tips here. Um, maybe oh, one last question, and uh, that's one I, I really like to ask to like uh, everyone I'm talking to here in the podcast. What what's the biggest mistake you made? Uh, the biggest mistake in e-commerce that I made. Yeah. Mm. Let's see. You know, I think I've I've made like the reason like I have a lot of knowledge on this because I've made a lot of mistakes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way to learn yeah. yeah like i know i know why it's like we we're talking about segmenting the list like i know why it's important to do that because i've been mm -hmm. through like the the process of having to you know like go through your like do deliverability and then like work on that you know i'd say I, but i'd say like the the biggest mistake i i i've made is probably um more around like not listening to customers you know mm -hmm. not really focusing on on what they need like empathizing with them because if you don't really do that then you then everything else in your marketing fails you know if you don't really understand what the core problem or i guess your mission and your values as as or, or your clients missions and values and you don't sort of frame your offers around that it doesn't matter what tool you use what tactic you try it's not going to work so like it's right. the base the fundamentals still are the same We're just using like new technology to sort of make these offers. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually uh, great advice to end with as well. Um, hey, uh, Will, this has been absolutely great. And, and uh, I know we could nerd on for hours here, uh, yeah. but we're uh, running out of time. And uh, just want to make sure that people know um, how they can find you and, and learn more about you. Um, what's the best place for people to connect with you? 
Right. So they can, they can connect with me at sellerflows.com. Um, okay. You can sort of, if you want to talk about how maybe my team can help you uh, sort of grow your average order value or help you with your email marketing or anything with your lifetime value, your customer journey, you can go to sellerflows.com. And yeah, you can just, you know, book an appointment with me and uh, a one-on-one call and we can chat about it. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here, Will. It's been absolutely great. Awesome. Thanks for having me. The e-commerce excellence podcast is sponsored by Dexter.agency. We help e-commerce business owners scientifically increase revenue without needing more traffic. Ready to discover a more reliable way to increase conversion and, more importantly, revenue? Register for our free training, The 5 Transformations That Double E-Commerce Profits, at dexter.agency webinar.